me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to DC On Screen, a podcast about the DC Universe properties being brought to film and television. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Yes. <laughs> and uh, this is our weekly news episode. Uh, we got a lot to get to, so I'm just going to go ahead and plow into. And first off, I want to say, I, you know, I'm really sorry. <clears throat> Last week, uh, I should have mentioned it. I was planning on mentioning it, but I did not. Um Dude, Prince died, and uh, yeah, I know. And you, you actually had something on the Facebook page about that. Just um, I had, yes, yeah, wasn't, wasn't that you? I had several things on the Facebook page about it. Um, links to to different music, specifically that of uh, the uh, Tim Burton Batman soundtrack, which he contri- right. contributed to greatly, and an album's worth uh, of music too. Of course, there was another album uh, for the soundtrack, which was the Danny Elfman stuff. But yeah. um, he. Uh, Prince pretty much did it, did tributed, contributed an album to just damn near anything. <laughs> well, that man wrote it, like everything that the Beatles and Bob Dylan didn't. You can just take a guess and say, ah, Prince probably wrote it. He was he was prolific. It was just mm-hmm. so many albums. I, yeah, God, and I, don't. I can't say that I'm a huge Prince fan. I I like Prince. I've enjoyed pretty much everything I've heard him do. Uh, I certainly, as a kid, my mom had a, a copy of that Batman soundtrack, and uh, of course. She's she is a bigger Prince fan than I am certainly, and uh, yeah, it's never been one of the people I've gotten around to, to truly studying. But I, I do know this without a shadow of a doubt: that man was a phenomenal guitar player. Absolutely, but yeah, um, I, I I think at some point um, somebody asked Eric Clapton, uh, "How does it feel to be the world's best guitar player?" And he said, "I don't know. You'd have to ask Prince." <laughs> right. Um, that if you have if you've never listened to that Batman soundtrack you you need to go check it out though it's uh shit Arms of Orion man trust uh and Bat Dance is like I I think I posted an article that that argued that it was while heralded as goofy and campy at the time it absolutely was the 1989 uh the proper continuation of the 1960s Batman theme from the the Bill Dozier series absolutely i don't doubt that one bit absolutely phenomenal um like i said not a huge prince fan uh i've listened to controversy i've listened to uh purple rain and clearly tons of singles over the years uh yeah always more of a bob dylan guy and uh unfortunately bob takes up a fair amount of my time as musically But uh, Prince is great. I have same problem with the uh, the Beatles. I've, I've got there's <laughs> a limited amount of them, but then they all went off and did stuff afterwards. So I've got um, a giant yeah. chunk of my like interest or, or time spent on studying music has been Beatle related. I haven't 
I have I have some friends though that could sit here and do four hours right now on any topic you wanted to, as long as it involved Prince. I really mm-hmm. do. And you know, I, I my other big band is is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and uh, my favorite thing that I've ever seen of Prince, um, just and oh my gosh. So they were inducting, and I'll put up a, a link to this video if you haven't seen it. I can't imagine that you haven't. It's got almost 26 million views on uh, YouTube, and I discovered it years and years ago, and I've shown it to every mm-hmm. friend I've ever made since. Um, there is a it's, uh, George Harrison being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and <laughs> they're playing While My Guitar Gently Weeps. It's Tom Petty, Jeff Lynn, um, George Harrison's yeah. son, it, a number of the heartbreakers are up there. Phil Spector's up yeah. there, and you don't notice it until a little while into the into the song. But Prince is up there as well. He's not in the spotlight, and no, he he stays quiet. He stays quiet, and then destroys everything at the end of yeah. the song. And I watched yeah. it again in preparation for this, talking about this. And I, I have to admit, like he's like just jamming out, and Petty's is like glaring at him and playing too, just like going, "Oh my lord." And <laughs> and Prince like gets this like twinkle in his eye and grins at Petty and I almost lost it like because I knew he wasn't around anymore. Um, absolutely phenomenal it, performer. Like I remember that look and it's basically him telling Petty, um, "Man, hold on, you ain't seen nothing yet." That's I, I I'm pretty sure that's what was being communicated. Like, nope, keep 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 on the rhythm, buddy. I got I got plenty more. And like Harrison's kid, like and he did. Harrison's kid, man, he's back there playing. He loses his shit laughing. Like, goes Prince at the apex of this solo he's doing, like, falls backwards into the crowd, and one of his boys, like, grabs him and, like, pushes him back up on stage. One of the, yeah, one of the security guys, like, plops him back up, and he's still, he's still playing the entire time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then the best part is, like, he, this song ends, he's done with the solo, he just pops his guitar off of his shoulders and into the crowd and, like, struts off. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was incredible. And uh, to Eric Clapton's point, um, it's it's one of those things that you may or may not know, especially a casual Beatles fan doesn't necessarily know it, but mm-hmm. it is documented, it's out there and all that. But, um, you know, you have to look into it a little bit to get to find it. Uh, like, when I was first listening to the Beatles, I, um, I always thought there was something funky about Why My Guitar Gently Weeps, because I, I kept listening to their musical styles, and a lot, like, uh, Lennon, well, everyone but Ringo has been recorded playing guitar uh at some point and they all have their different styles like everybody does and i the the solo on while my guitar just never it never fit i could never i could never completely say it was anybody sure enough it's eric clapton mm-hmm. um it was a quiet thing that led him into the studio one day it was actually good because they were having a lot of problems that day and because like they had somebody else was in and they all behaved and actually got some fucking work done for once <laughs> um it was at that time, you know, at the Twickenham Studios kind of area where they were they were really having a lot of issues. Um, but yeah, they, they get him in. Well, before the Twickenham. Anyway, but um, they get him in, though, and they get that done. And look, Eric Clapton was there that night for <laughs> for George's uh, induction. He was, him and, those mm-hmm. two were, they, they were tight for most of their lives. Um, Clapton could have played that. Yeah. He absolutely could have. I mean, it's not like, it's not like he needed training. He played the original solo, and right. they still let Prince do it. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, uh, didn't want to overlook, uh, the, uh, absolutely tragic, uh, loss of Prince. Uh, whenever, whenever I get a chance and think about it, I'll pop back over and I always, I usually go and listen to something else I've never listened to by Prince. 
There's a lot of music out there. It's hard to get around everything. And he's not completely always my vibe, but he always impresses me when I listen to him. You know what I mean? So yeah, he's hard to he's hard to get on social media because uh, not social media. He's hard to get on streaming because he does um, not like the downloads. <laughs> he does not like he, he actually. When you look back at what he did as far as uh, how he structured his career recording, mm-hmm. um, he's been fighting for his fellow musicians for years. Um, oh yeah, in in different ways and actually kind of winning a lot of those battles. Mm-hmm. Um, like even that weird thing where he changed his name to a symbol. That was all. That was that was just screw the record label. That was just screw Warner Brothers. Right, it and when Brothers he was campaigning against the record labels, uh, demanding that he put out music at a certain you know at certain intervals, and he was going around with uh, "slave" written on his cheek. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. There, there. Are, he um he made a mark, dude. He made a mark. Yeah, and there's a lot we can say about Prince, but I think we need to move on. We're novices <laughs> as far as Prince goes, and there's still just a lot that went on with him. Absolutely. It's, it's, but, Absolutely. Um, On to some happier news. Happy birthday to our friend Scott Madison of SimplySyndicated.com. His birthday is today, May 2nd, uh, the day we're recording this. Um, Happy birthday to you. (laughs) He is a wonderful contributor. It's your birthday. Wonderful contributor to to our show. Uh, One of the best listeners we could ever ask for. Damn straight. Thank you, Scott, for everything. Um, happy birthday to Gal Gadot, or Gal Gadot, I should say. Wonder Woman. Gadot. Yeah, it's Gadot. She went out of her way to correct you, damn it. I know, I know. Uh, she is 31, and she turned 31 on the 30th. Shall we move on to box office totals? Uh, I am surprised. She's older than me. I'm surprised. She's older than you? Oh, I'm sorry. No, she's she's younger. She's younger. I forgot what, I, forgot what, what I age I was. That's what I thought. I know how old I am. I thought I knew. Your brain starts wanting to forget um, (laughs) which number's right at some point. Did you stop at twenty-seven? No, I kind of stopped at thirty. I just decided I was thirty after thirty. Like my my brain refuses to believe that my sister Ashley is is older than sixteen. Oh, that happens too. She is. She's she's almost thirty, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Like. And I refuse to believe that I'm older than 24. That's uh, my brain. Just like I have to push it, I force it. I'm like, no, you're th- no, and, 32, Dave. Calm down. And oh. like uh, emotionally, we we um we're right. Like we're it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, emotionally we're still wrong. I'm about seven. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, box office totals: uh, Batman v Superman, very much slowing down. Um, it's apparently still making yeah. about a million dollars a day, uh, internationally, but, um, which doesn't sound bad, but it kind of is. Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, worldwide has made 862,892,000, uh, $9. Yeah. So <laughs> it got to about that eight mark and, uh, just kind of, it's, it's been a trickle since then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At this point, I really don't think they're actually going to cross into that extra digit. I really don't. It's not, and I know that sounds like a ton of money, but that is a disappointment. Like everyone kind of thought it'd make like a billion and a half, or two billion, know. or at least yeah. a billion. They can still get there if they'll give me that rated R cut. I'll I'll be happy to go help them out with that. Absolutely, me too. Um, I don't, I don't think it'll qualify. I've never actually seen. Have how do you qualify that? 
does it count as a second movie or um it does not that's why titanic is number one because it was re-released with different like they they changed stuff and they re-released it and there's like a longer version yeah. and there's, yeah it's just theater period that's why yeah just so like it wouldn't matter if it was 3d or 2d <laughs> okay so that goes under those rules okay ah, i think so yeah so uh going on to Batman vs Superman the unrated that unrated blu-ray or that well not unrated I guess more like R-rated blu-ray mm-hmm. runtime has been released uh the theatrical version in, has 120 minutes of bonus features um, Mhm saw that and the extended version is going to be 181 minutes and rated R so that's going to be uh <laughs> 3 hours and 1 minute um, Yeah I <clears throat> hell and all the yeses yeah, I mean, if I hadn't already ordered it, pre-ordered it, I'd be doing it right now. <laughs> if I wasn't trying to plan a wedding and could, I would have pre-ordered it and joined you on that. <laughs> you get very broke when you're doing that. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> I'll trust me. I'll have it when the when when it hits the shelves. I'll have figured out how to how to buy it. Right, right. Uh, it may or may not be illicit activities or very degradating activities involved mm, yeah i could just go to the target and stand outside with a sign that says you know can you please help me buy this copy of superman it, <laughs> it might work you're gonna get people saying oh sweetie wait for civil war like, shut up <laughs> it's gonna become people will come and take money out of the basket and go i'm helping you well this is the way you work <laughs> you only have tent poles like you have like <laughs> you like not even like tent pole tent poles you just have like the the big trendsetters like the big like these are the big moments the cornerstones like right you don't own any marvel movies except for the avengers but it's on blu-ray that's not and true. DVD. i own iron man do you i didn't know yeah. you had iron man. that's it though <laughs> that's really it. i remember that like, you went out and proudly bought the avengers on blu-ray or like this is the best movie that ever was ever made so <laughs> I, yeah I, I mean and i regret nothing about that opinion or that purchase no i don't no so uh, it was like the 3D Blu-ray because I wanted to get all the special features that that came on it. Absolutely. But, um, I still haven't bought yeah, the Avengers. I, I got to tell you guys, I, I pretty much stream everything else as it as it comes up. So yeah, love the movie. Still haven't bought it. I don't know. I <laughs> I seriously stopped at Captain America: The First Avenger. It just it, there became too much. It went, it went into affordability. It did. Um, yeah. So Warner Brothers is doing something really fun, and. Um, I was listening to the Suicide Squad cast, and they were like, WB never gets any credit for this. And they're right, because I've barely heard anything about this. And this is awesome. Uh, On the Batman v Superman Instagram, they released a picture of Robin, the Robin costume, and Bruce looking up at it. Yeah. And the caption is, 20 years in Gotham, how many good guys are left? And they released it on April 27th. And And a Reddit user was looking around and figured out that there's a comic book, and I don't remember where they said it. Well, I think it was, I think uh, Squadcast said it was a, it was an annual from 2006 or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, found Jason Todd's death certificate. His date of death is April 27th. Yeah, see, that's mm. that's good, and it cannot be a coincidence. Yeah, I played with the idea that it was a coincidence. I was like, nah. But then again, another part of me thought it's like too it's too specific. I, it can't be a. This is a leap yeah. year. It you you get it every day be. you could possibly have to to have dropped that. Right. It can't be. It really can't be a coincidence. My concern is that whoever did that thought, oh, this will be fun, and Zack Snyder was like, yeah, we're not 
changing our story based on something an Instagram account did. I know. And uh, we, we've talked before about how um, Snyder has a fair amount of troll in him. Mm-hmm. So that being a direct order is not off the table. Yeah, he was like, people were like, why, well, you said it, we thought it was going to be Jason Todd because of the leak. And he, and he's like, it wasn't a leak. That was something somebody else did. Marketing did that. I didn't do that. He pulls right. out a gun, shoots Lois in the head. What was that? You said she was the key. Eh, we don't have any room for her in the, in the, in the movies. <laughs> right. That was for fun. <laughs> we were just trying to give you some time with her before we had to inevitably get rid of her. But, you know. <laughs> Look, man, I, I do. I, I, I was okay with Jimmy. But I did, I, you know what, I read a, uh, I guess spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen Batman v Superman yet, but... Um, God, there can't be anyone listening to this that hasn't. Gosh, right? Um, I'm, but I'm thinking, like, you know, I read, I, I actually did, and we, I got sucked into the site, uh, Devin Faraci, this guy over at uh, Birth, Movies, Death, uh, this guy who very mm-hmm. much dislikes the Warner Brothers treatment of, of the DC characters and everything. Mm-hmm. Always, always coming up with clickbait crap. Uh, he did, he wrote a very compelling piece, um, about how short-sighted it was to kill Jimmy Olsen. And I liked his take on it though. I was like, yeah, well, I didn't really care. He was like, yeah, okay. Maybe you didn't have room for him, but in say 10, 15 years when you're gone from the project and it's moved on to someone else, why would you just take somebody else's toys out? Why would you make it impossible for someone else to pull those DC toys out and play with them in the future? It's kind of a good point. Like just because you didn't want to use them doesn't mean somebody else didn't want to use them. Maybe a good uh, point. Maybe a good point. That's an okay one, but right. it's slightly impractical. It just there will not be in our best, our wildest expectations and dreams. Even if, even if you like these films and you want them to just keep going forever, mm-hmm. um, and obviously I'm, you know, that's divisive on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they really, they can't go on forever. They can't. It's, it's. There is a limited time, and um, tell that to Marvel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they'll reboot it. Actually, that's a that's a fine point, though. Like, what if we're past the point where you have to reboot something every few years? What like what if we're really past that point? We're not. Where people start treating movies like two and a half hour TV episodes? Because I, I mean, that would be that's where my heart is. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it, if you ask me right now if I want to write a movie or or run a a TV show, I'll I mean, I'll die trying, but I'll I'll run the TV show because that's that's the kind of story I prefer telling myself. But mm-hmm. um. I don't know. Maybe it's possible we get past that point one day. Yeah, maybe. So uh, I posted an article, and some people have taken it the wrong way. Um, <laughs> some, but I, this I didn't. I didn't mean it in any kind of way, and the people who wrote it didn't. I don't believe mean it in any kind of way. The um, this comes from Heroic Hollywood. The uh, sorry, not, uh, not the, uh, Heroic Hollywood. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter. Um, the Russos uh, said that. Basically, Batman v Superman being announced helped uh, them convince Kevin Feige that Civil War was a good idea. Yeah. And I posted a link that said, you know, for anyone who thinks that uh, DC is copying Marvel. Because there are a lot of people out there who truly believe that DC is just trying to copy Marvel. Um, well, and... Uh, and they're just not. I mean, I, I admit... They're going admit, about it the exact opposite way. <laughs> Well, no, it's overstating it a little bit to me. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not just feeding off each other, but that's the actual truth of it, is they're feeding yeah. off each other. These people are trying to make the same type of film. Mm-hmm. So when they when something works, you go with it. When somebody else takes a, a, a first step, you go with it. You, you don't want to bet your money necessarily. That's usually how 
the the big networks like that move. They don't mm-hmm. want to be the first person who ever did something if they can help it. And if it if it'll cost them nothing to let somebody else try it and fail first, they'll do it. Right. And you know, I've I'm not one to I'm not one to fan the flames on these like this Marvel DC war at all. Um, no, we're, we're but I'm, we're all on the same side here. Getting a little, I, I get a little tired of just the constant DC bashing of like, oh, they're copying. How are they copying? You were just complaining that they weren't copying hard enough. Like, no, they've got to do individual movies like Marvel did, but they're copying Marvel. That doesn't make any sense. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, and honestly, you know, I love the Marvel movies. I I don't feel any more compelled to care about those characters as is after 12 movies or whatever it was than mm-hmm. I am about any of these characters like Batman, Superman or Wonder Woman or Lois and in Batman V Superman. I, I feel just as much for those characters as I do for 12 movies worth of Thor and Iron Man. I, I Sorry. Mean, look, Civil War is coming out in a few days. I, I want to see the shit out of that movie. Me too, man. Me too. I mean, this is like, this is just more candy to me. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I, I still, I know we've said it before, but like me and you love love this movie, and I know there's other people that liked it, but mm-hmm. I, I it has part of me wishes that had it, it, part of me wishes it had been a movie that everybody could enjoy because it was such a big production, and I I just I I hate that everyone didn't get to really love it the way we do. I stand by my claim that it has a large amount, it has a fair amount to do with expectation because there's been so many versions of these characters on the screen before. They are American icons. Everyone has an idea of what those characters should be. Yeah. Um, like, laymen still have an idea of who these characters are if you made them write, like, a three-sentence synopsis. Right, but there's no right answer because, uh, you know, while some critics are complaining, like, oh, we didn't need, you know, the Wayne's killed again. We know everyone knows the story of Batman. Well, why are you complaining? Why are you turning right around and saying we didn't have enough character development to care about these, these heroes? I thought you just said you knew Batman. <laughs> <laughs> there, you can't. You just can't please anybody. That's my point. I know, and it, it, like for me and you, it was the movie we wanted. Um, it was, but it was for, it pretty close. I'm not saying I'd make the same choices all the way through. No, I there, there's things I'd change. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, it's it's it it's just it qualifies as a damn shame. Essentially, that it wasn't the movie that other people wanted, and unfortunately, they made such a polarizing choice that it it couldn't just be you enjoyed it a little bit, but maybe not as much as you wanted to for everybody. It, mm-hmm. it, it like the Avengers for the most part, you really could just go enjoy that movie, and yeah, maybe there's some stuff you wanted to change, but the outliers are the people who are like, no, they fucked everything up. This is a movie that <laughs> he made a lot of choices, and um, mm-hmm. like for us, they were the right choices, and for other people, they weren't. And I, I, no, there's I, also I'm, like there... I'm I'm glad I'm the one who won that lottery that I enjoyed it, and I'm I am really looking forward to seeing the three hour cut because I've been hearing. In various places, that that three-hour cut was the cut that like the Warner Brothers executives got so like happy about, and that like when they cut it down, it had less it had less legs, and they knew it had they it wasn't going to be as good, but they wanted that extra amount of time. They to wanted be the in extra theaters. viewings to yeah yeah. Oh well, they may learn an important lesson about quality versus quantity here. Fingers crossed, right? But yeah, I I can't wait for the for the three-hour cut. Anyway, yeah. Um. I love all you Marvel guys out there. I wish you liked BVS better. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Suicide Squad. Even the DC guys out there that just wish they liked it better. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't get me wrong. Selfishly, I'm glad it's me that enjoyed it, and not you. But <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's 
I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd hate to be where you are if, if, if you're one of the people that didn't like it. So, uh, speaking We all of- had a lot of hope going in, and some of it was burst. <laughs> Moving on to uh, Suicide Squad, though, uh, pe- people uh, have, have been uh, complaining about Harley's hot pants. Uh, <laughs> like this is a, a real thing, a real controversy that's going on on the run, around the net, um, mm-hmm. and uh, so Margot Robbie uh, came out saying that Hurley is wearing hot pants because they're sparkly and fun, not because she wants guys to look at her ass. Uh, she said, I mean, they obviously have at least one joke about guys looking at her ass in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. She says, uh, as Margot, no, I don't, well, I don't like wearing that. I'm eating burgers at lunchtime, and then you go to a scene where you, your hose down and soaking wet in a white t-shirt is so clingy and you're self-conscious about it. Um. <laughs> I, yeah, that, I, I gotta, I gotta say this though, that happens to everyone who eats burgers at lunchtime and then gets hosed down in a white t-shirt. Right? Uh, David I, Ayer. I say this as a person who has had that self-conscious thought yeah. many a time. I have that self-conscious thought dry wearing a black t-shirt. I don't know what... <laughs> uh, David I feel her. I, I, I feel her on that. I do. Yeah. David Ayer uh, said that uh, other ideas for outfits, outfits wouldn't work. He said, I didn't think denim overalls would be appropriate for that character. I... Who mentioned that? A, who would... That's, who, a straw, that's, a, that's a straw man argument, David. That's who suggested a straw man that? Argument. Who suggested that, No one that, suggested David? that shit. <laughs> He said uh he said that Robbie understood that the the hot pants look is part of the iconography. Not terribly. Not completely no. No. More I mean, more, don't the wrong, gesture pretty much was closer. But Yeah. I look, if if you I I got to disagree with Air on this one. Me too. If you're in a comic book, usually if you're an unattractive person, it's part of your character that you're an unattractive person. Uh-huh. Otherwise, it's pretty much assumed that you're an attractive person. Mm-hmm. Is that does that sound about right? Um sure. It's it, it, a lot of the people that are being drawn or filmed or whatever we're doing here, especially drawn though. They're all pretty attractive people. You, you, you mean you you draw the uh, the ideal human form, you know, rather mm-hmm. than I get that, but damn, you know, well, hot pants isn't necessary. Not yeah. necessary. There's there's a lot to be said for the. Um, I don't want to really get into this so so totally, but uh, it, it makes sense. Like people are like, well, I'm not represented in comic books because I'm not hot. Well, I mean, most people aren't. That's <laughs> But the way artists work is like you. There's an idealized version of the uh, of the human face and the human body, and like they've done studies on this where they like they find that like the most average looking people are really what most people think of as the most attractive because it's just the most base version of a face that you can think of. <laughs> yeah. So look, I and mean, that's that's part of why this happened, I think, to begin with, and we're going into some weird shit, but. It's part of how this this monster came to be is um, like average people are extremely attractive, but when you give somebody an above average, sometimes it peaks sales. And look, man, there's a reason you turn on a television; it's a bunch of pretty people. Like, mm-hmm. there's a reason uh, like Lena I've... Dunham gets so much uh, applause for going on Girls and being just a real fucking person. It, there's there's a there's a reason. Um, and I I, I kind of love that the tide's turning a little bit. Let me just say this. Really, the pretty people that you think that you're not better than are the most average people ever. <laughs> so you turn that frown upside down because you're unique. <laughs> <laughs> Above oh, average and below average. They may be considered ugly in the old in the in the old days, but now they're the real beauties. 
Not even the old days. You do the research. It's, it's just, it's, uh, it's different. <laughs> well, well, we'll hope that's an inspiring enough message to run the hell away from this topic and uh, hope yes. we didn't piss too many people off. <laughs> Everyone's beautiful. How's that? Yeah. Run, Dave. Run with me. <laughs> there are thorns in the bushes. Thorns in the bushes, Jason. <laughs> I think I heard arrows. <laughs> um, so, I can't feel my thigh. That can't be good. So Margot Robbie no- jokes. Uh, well, they say that she jokes. I don't think she's joking. She says, I'm not wearing hot pants in the next one. Um, <laughs> I don't think she is either. I, I don't think she's joking. Yeah. I think uh, it'll do well enough that she can say straight out, no, this isn't happening. Period. Done. Out. Yeah. Uh, so Will Smith ha- is talking about reasons he decided to play Deadshot. Um, last year he talked about how he liked, uh, the idea of exploring the character's quote, dubious morals. Uh, now he's been talking again. He says, it's a character that hasn't really been explored in cinema. I get to design it and be a part of creating the first round of Deadshot in the history of cinema. It's a really great opportunity to work with a really great ensemble. It was perfectly cast. It's an insane group of super actor villains. Um, (laughs) he says that he had to take a deep dive over a six or seven month period to read all the comic books back to back, which I doubt he did, um, to, <laughs> to get into the character. That of dude's the, committed. I'm sure he uh, actually read a lot of comics. I'm sure he read a lot, but not all of them back to back. No, that's that's asking a lot. So uh, yeah, he seems to be really into it, and uh, that that's that's neat. Uh, you know, I. Um, I'm not the most excited about him playing the character, honestly, because and I, I say that because Deadshot, like my main reasoning is Deadshot is a character that should be explored with an unknown actor because he's an unknown character. Like now it's just going to be like, oh, well, when you someone says, hey, be Will Smith's Deadshot. Yeah. You know, yeah. Hey, you know, Deadshot. Yeah. Will Smith. No, no. Deadshot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you, you may be right. Same time. Somebody else will have a chance to do him and he's. I, I think he'll do a good job with him. So, yeah, I mean, I think he'll do fine. Uh, you know, it's and just the guy it's, on Arrow didn't didn't do a bad job at all. No, no, but and I don't when know he him. Says cinema, he's apparently being very specific. Cause he's being very specific or uh, unnecessarily reductive. The, yeah, the guy on um, <laughs> both work. Yeah, the guy on Arrow uh, and I guess Flash, right? Guy on Smallville for, was good. I don't for half a second. The guy in Arrow, though, um, has had more screen time as Deadshot than he will in this entire movie. Probably mm-hmm. the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I hate to. Hate and to I guarantee, I him. already know from the trailer, guy on Arrow made more interesting choices. I'm not sure. Look, the the Will Smith has will one Smith, button. The, will Smith. Yeah, but Will Smith's button is usually like fun and really charismatic and entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. He is the guy is mm-hmm. entertaining to watch. He just is. I, so, I mean, um, I guess. He I, was in 1997. I've, oh yeah, don't be wrong. Like when he when he picks his darker role. Here's here's my uh, here's my background here. When he picks his darker roles, it's usually uh-huh. movies that I don't care about, so I've never seen them. Right. Uh, it's like the closest I've gotten to seeing real Will Smith do uh, something truly dramatic is probably like I Am Legend. I I don't yeah. watch his like what is it four pounds and concussion and all. I, seven I really, pounds. I, seven pounds. Yeah. I don't get around to that. I don't. I just. Uh, you I don't know what? Sadly, and you know, if I if I was a so writer for, for me, he's, he's a real fun guy. If I was a, a writer for Movie Pilot, I would have already written this article. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I contend that every role you have ever seen Will Smith play in a movie, he already played in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air at some point. You've already <laughs> yeah. seen that character somewhere. Like, it doesn't matter. I he's done the voice. He's done the... They had a special episode. That, that is... Um, I submit that that's inevitable because he has a range. And to Fresh Prince's credit, they let him explore the hell out of that range sometimes. They did. And, you know, the one time that everyone just, like, pissed all over his range, like, when he just really got way outside of it, was After Earth. Yeah. 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 So. I remember how hard it to. Again, never saw it. Right. Yep. Me either. So, I just also, I couldn't, do it. It, couldn't it, do it. It kind of came out as we were um, starting this podcast, I want to say, or as we were um, digging deep into some source material. And, man. Yeah, no, no time, no time for After Earth. All, all I know, all I remember about that time is someone told me that After Earth was out and that Will Smith was awful. And around that same time, I was waking up every every day confused because there were capes in my bed. <laughs> I was like pulling capes out from like couch cushions and going, "What the hell did I do last night?" Right. <laughs> so, uh, still on Suicide Squad, uh, Karen Fukuhara talked about meeting the joker she still she maintains that she didn't meet jared leto either um she says uh i've seen him on set i've met him i've introduced myself and every everything has been like ha 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 hi pretty and she's like hi i'm karen and he'd be like ha that's gonna be a lot of fun <laughs> i'm still waiting to see if there if the see payoff it. to that is is worth it but man it's a great lead up it is. Uh, so, uh, Barnes & Noble is releasing a Suicide Squad 16-month calendar, July 15th. So, get right. ready for that, guys. Go buy that, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> if you want. If you don't, well, then don't. Now, one of the big news items of this week, though, is that Seth Graham Smith, who is a... Well, he was going to be a first-time director. He has left The Flash. Um, this is a guy that wrote the treatment... Uh, wrote a treatment after Lord and Miller of the Lego movie left the project. Um, his claim to fame was, uh, I believe, uh, <laughs> the uh, Abraham Lincoln vamp- uh, Vampire Hunter and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, that kind of, all that stuff. Um, he I, has, I remember being dubious about, yeah. <laughs> about any of that. Um, yeah, well, he, he was gonna, this was going to be his first time <laughs> directing, and he has left over creative differences. Um, everyone's flipping out and talking about like how, Oh, this is the first sign. The WB movies are crumbling. WB is, you know, seeing the, like, uh, like, like Devin Farachi over on birth movies, death. He's saying that the aftershocks, uh, aftershocks of BVS are to blame. Um, he's saying that, uh, James Wan is going to be next. He's going to leave Aquaman because that's what his sources are telling him. Well, I'll get to that in a second, but, um, Seth Graham, Smith, I was not wholly on board with. Like I was just, I uh, I laughed very hard. I saw someone wrote, um, I, th- I think someone wrote, maybe I heard it. Um, someone said Seth Graham Smith is basically uh, a fr- <laughs> like de- is like you cutting off a frostbitten toe. It was dead already, and you didn't need it. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm good. Uh, I don't. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I uh, you know understand the books which he wrote were funny, were good, the Pride and Prejudice, the Zombies, etc. Um, yeah. Like, but I don't need Flash, a first-time director on Flash. I just Flash don't. in the hands of a first-time director is, is risky as all hell. It just It's is. risky as all hell, and I think when they made the deal with him, uh, the Flash was an unproven character. Now, 
they have really been like peacocking his ass around like no that that the, shit's hanging in there for millions of, of viewers a week it's yeah the the flash is a big show and you're already going to be dealing with the fact that there are people going to go to this movie pissed off that it's not grant gustin and company there, so there will be they have to recon, reconfigure some things and i don't think that that's a sign of weakness i think you know the movie making is is it's an undulating art form, I'll say. It's you, you need to be fluid, and uh, I, I absolutely don't mind them changing creative directions if they if they need to. Now, uh, Farachi is saying that you know James Wan is next. James Wan responded. He posted a picture on Twitter of himself casually leaning up against a giant wall that has Aquaman on it. So, uh, <laughs> and this is how this is how much a class act James Wan is. Uh, his fans started like bashing Devin Farachi, who, you know, I've stated before, kind of an asshat when it comes to WB and, 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 and Warner Brothers and stuff. James says, please, there's absolutely no need to attack Devin or anyone. Aw, isn't nice. that nice? It's a class act, James Wan. It's as classy as Gustin was. But Devin's an asshole. Um, so, <laughs> speaking of that asshole... He is reporting that uh, apparently every major Bat villain is going to be in the in the uh, Batman solo movie. There's uh, of course, he never cites sources, so who knows? <laughs> I mean, every yeah, he's real hit or miss. He's clickbait man. He's a clickbait I, guy. I don't know what to do with every major and villain. I, all three yeah. of those words, you better explain yeah. your damn self. I, I mean, there's a few ways you could you could do that. Long Halloween, uh, you know, hush, or just a brand new thing. <laughs> because guess what? Heroic Insider, who usually is right, uh, those are the guys at uh, Umberto over at the uh, Heroic Hollywood, he's saying mm-hmm. that Ben Affleck and Jeff Johns now have complete creative control over the solo bat stuff. Awesome. Just, that sounds good. That sounds good. Look, Affleck has shown he has chops, and we all know Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, he, those are four trusted hands, as far as I'm concerned right now. He says, from what I'm hearing, according to sources, Ben Affleck and Jeff Johns have complete creative control on the movie, which is big, meaning that they are going to be calling all of the creative shots. They're not going to have any outside influences. Uh, the guys over at Heroic are usually very accurate. Uh, mm-hmm. They called most of the stuff, like most of the spoilers I didn't want to you know, even mention on the show that I kind of gleaned were from them. Um, right. they're usually pretty spot on. So I'm hoping this is one of those that, uh, is, is accurate. I'll post a uh, link to that, the, that episode of heroic insider as well. Uh, there has also been a leak from wonder woman. There's a picture out there. They've been filming in Europe and, uh, Paris, uh, Paris and, uh, in London. And they, there's a truck. There's like a high security vehicle that says Wayne enterprises on it. Mm-hmm. It looks like a, one of those like, you know, uh, mint trucks or whatever truck that carries money around <laughs> the Brinks brand. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like that, except it says Wayne enterprises on it. Um, so when there's Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, I can't say her name, right? What's wrong with me? <laughs> um, so that's, I, I don't know. Everyone's like, Oh, is Batman in it? Maybe. Would you be hurt if he was right? I wouldn't be. I, how many people have you actually heard? say they really hated his batman it, it even among the people who this movie was never going to be for you mm-hmm. y- you didn't mind uh, trust me I, I know i'm talking percentages here but the the overwhelming percentage 
thought Ben did an okay job. Yeah. And I mean, you know, jump back a couple of years when Ben was announced and everyone on the internet was hating on him, like pictures of, you know, Ben's face over uh, the bail face in the Batman costume going, how you like them apples? Like as if Goodwill Hunting was the only movie Ben Affleck's ever been in. Um, <laughs> and that was the only voice he's ever had. Yeah. And even then, come on. Yeah. You don't hear you any did, of that now. You did a good job in Goodwill Hunting. All yeah. that went away. Just saying. So, uh, t- speaking of those times that Heroic Hollywood doesn't always get things right, there was a huge, huge rumor that they were talking about saying George Miller of the Mad Max movies was, and Happy Feet, of course, was uh, actually looking <laughs> to do Green Lantern Corps movie. And, uh, I don't know, it might be true, but Quint over at Ain't It Cool News says he reached out to a, quote, pretty high-level source, not thinking he'd hear back from them, and they wrote back, rumors are bogus. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think George Miller could pull off a Green Lantern Corps movie, <laughs> uh, you know, but I don't really care. <laughs> I, I, it's a little bit innocuous to me. He's not the only person who could pull off a Green Lantern Corps movie, so. Also, you know... Should we really be, like, planning to give George Miller, who's, like, 80, anything that's, like, five years in the future? <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a a dark note, but... Uh, it's a dark note, but uh, maybe he's 75. I don't know, but I, still. I promise you there's a lot of, there's a lot of insurance liability that is uh, deeply considered in this field, and there, there are actuary tables to deal with those, and I, I, I'm, I'm telling you this right now. I know that sounds dark and screwed up, but you're not mm-hmm. the first person who's thought of that. Yeah, I you know, I know. It's just, dude, do more Mad Max movies. Play in your sandbox, literally sandbox. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Dirt but, box, uh, whatever. Well, yeah, don't, 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 no. You don't want to mess with WB's DC stuff. So, um, again, birth, movies, death. Devin Farachi is reporting that there are big fights going on between Zack Snyder and Warner Brothers. Um this is something that apparently multiple people are confirming though. Mm-hmm. Um, like Batman is, is, is confirming that that is true. Um, in their podcast. Yeah. But, um, there, there are reasons for that. Um, to be honest, Snyder has, he has made two DC movies. He's made man of steel and Batman V Superman. Both of them under, underperformed at the box office. Well, uh, Watchmen. Uh, watch, you're just saying well, DC movies. Yeah. But. Yeah, um, DC Universe movies. Man okay. of Steel and DC Batman EU, v Superman. as they're calling it. Right. Batman v Superman and Man of Steel both underperformed at the box office. They were both disliked by a lot, if not most critics, and got mixed reactions from the audiences. Yeah. Um, so it's looking like Warner Brothers is looking to, uh, I don't know, put them under their, under their put him under their thumb a little more um, with Justice League Parts 1 and 2. I don't blame them. Uh, you know, they they I, have I their expectations. The they they do their projections. You're hired to bring in a certain amount of money. I get it. I get I'm, it. Yeah, I'm not looking. I, Don't get me wrong. I I've, I've enjoyed the movies you've done. He, he's done. I it's yeah. I'm I'm on the fence because like I've bashed Zack Snyder over Man of Steel. Um, and and elements of Man of Steel even. So I'm, I'm. I mean, we have, but we both have. <laughs> We, we have recorded conversations, I, Jason. I still feel better about it than you do, is what I mean. Yeah, and, you know, uh, one of the things I really liked about Batman v Superman is it didn't feel like a Zack Snyder film. Um, yeah. But then at this, uh, when we watched Watchmen, I, lo- I was, we were watching Watchmen, 
who watches the Watchmen? We watch the Watchmen. We're sitting in your <laughs> living room watching the ultimate cut of Watchmen, and I looked over at you and said, Zack Snyder needs to do Justice League. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, look, the the man loves these characters. He does. Most of them, at least. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's that's just human. That's just human. There are people that I, other people love, and I, I could not find two fucks to, to bring together and sellotape. I, I, mm-hmm. There's always going to be a, a little bit of humanity to it. But the majority of these characters, he loves, he's informed. Um, he, I, I, I kind of, like, I, I hate it for him and possibly for me, mm-hmm. being selfish again, that it, it may not end up working out. But well, I understand as a business, they had expectations they were they were budgeting they had he he, he did as far as your numbers go he he underperformed his uh, in, yeah. in the box office and that's a bottom line for a lot of people i i if something ends up really happening i'll i understand how it happened but yeah and you know uh still yeah, I, would, I think I'd, there's so I many factors really wouldn't mind seeing the end of the story he's trying to tell yeah i wouldn't mind seeing it i you know but it's but a lot of either, money to invest in something like that. I I know it's it's a lot of, and you're expecting a certain amount of return if it doesn't happen. And don't get me wrong, movies get to expect a certain amount of return that's just freaking ridiculous. Um, now I will say one this: of those industries where you can go, well, you didn't make us like 250 percent profit, you're fired. It's, right? It's absurd. But I'll go ahead. I'll say this: I I want to see where Zach goes with this and, and what they're doing. But if tomorrow the news breaks that they have shifted a whole bunch of shit around. Zack Snyder is gone, and Jeff Johns is the new Kevin Feige of Warner Brothers. I, I'm going to be pretty damn happy. <laughs> Just put Johns in charge of the entire product. I don't I mean, see why they don't do that anyway. Like, let Zack play with pretty pictures. And that, he, he makes pretty pictures. Let Zack play with pretty pictures. Put Jeff in charge of all of that shit. Get him out of the comics. He's not even needed in the comics anymore. He's really not. You've got people like Snyder over the Scott Snyder over there playing. Get him. Make him something big. Get Jeff Johns. Right. Make him the head. He of... He gave us the Court of Owls. This guy is clearly capable of adding something to an existing canon. Yeah. Enhancing it and making it better without taking anything away. Yeah. That's um, a quick argument for Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of long arguments that could be made. Right. Um. There are a lot of ways they can go with a lot of. Shit, bring in Paul Dini. I know he worked in the cartoon. Bring him in. He, he's good. <laughs> he knows these characters better than anyone. He can. He'll yeah. honor everything, every version somehow, and you'll never even understand how he did it, but you'll feel it in your heart. Right. Anyway, uh, enough of that. Uh, Jeremy Irons that, has confirmed that he's in Justice League and the solo Batman film. Yeah, saw that. Were you saw about that. to say something else? Um, it sounded like you were about to say something else. Well, the only thing I was going to say was it. it's... It's getting to a point where there's so much division inside the between the network and the the writers, the producers, Snyder, everything. It, it there's getting to be enough. Um, it I'll tell you, it, it, at this point, we're better off if we get one product. Period. Mm-hmm. If if we finally settle on what we're doing and do it, I think we'll be better off than if we if we keep bouncing around and giving other people control and wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, if they turn on Zach and uh, leave it to somebody else. We've got a lot of years ahead of us. It, it just pick your horse and ride him. Yeah. Well, speaking of a uh, of a horse, also irons. Riding, hell yeah. <laughs> right. Speaking of right. a horse that we were uh, we're riding here uh, happily. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's this is an actual news item that I've been seeing floating around. <laughs> 
Will Henry Cavill have a beard in Justice League? <laughs> like, oh, dear God. Henry Cavill posted a picture. And it is interesting, kind of. <sighs> but Henry Cavill posted a picture of himself training. And he said, now this is, this is Henry Cavill's a, a nice guy. Look at this guy. He says, you helped raise the bar on Superman training today. I did one million reps in honor of you guys. Just kidding. It wasn't anywhere near that many. But I did want to say thank you for the continuous support you have shown for the things that are dear to my heart. Hashtag thank you. Hashtag Superman training. Hashtag Superman. Hashtag Justice League. But he has a beard in the picture. And people are flipping out thinking like, oh, you know. As uh, as Suicide Squadcast said, uh, instead of the crappy mullet from the 90s, we're going to get a beard instead. <laughs> when he comes back from the dead, <laughs> I'm down. Mm, actually, I, it 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 wouldn't be the end of my world. No, it, it just wouldn't. Like hell Even yeah, let's do a, but, let's do Superman with a beard. I've kind of always wanted to see but, Superman with a beard. I mean, they've they've been on set and hanging out for a few weeks now. I, I don't know what their production schedule is. For God's sake, I have no idea. Thanks but, to Superman um, three, I've already seen him with a beard. Now a beard, right? <laughs> just adding a letter here and changing one. Whatever. A, a it, letter or two. Yeah, it um, man, it won't wreck anything. That it, let me put it this way: the biggest argument is he killed half of Metropolis and broke Zod's neck. And I mean, even if even even if you're not on the tolerant side of that argument, it's still come on, just facial hair. Mm-hmm. At that point, this is this got to be pretty low on your priority list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One would hope, but you know, you know the truth, don't you? I know every single aspect of that damn character. Mm-hmm. Scrutinized to hell and back. I get it. I do. <laughs> Speaking of scrutinizing things, though, Warner Brothers is also, opening. They're, they're still gearing up, right? Like, they're still training. It's yeah. not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean he's filming while he's doing this. Yeah, no not one knows. yet. No one knows. Just hang out on that one. He might just be pumping weights to try to get up to, like, film weight. But you can, so I can, you can scrutinize some sets and stuff if you have, uh, you got a, you got a honeymoon coming up. You can go to, maybe you can <laughs> go to, uh, do the WB Studio Tour, you think? In Jamaica? Oh, I guess not. No, sorry. I forgot Hitting where up, you were going. Hitting up Jamaica's. Mm. Well, Warner Brothers is uh, doing DC Universe, the exhibit. Uh, you can go to w, uh, WBStudioTour.com to get your tickets, and you're going to want to, because... I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm glad you told me about that after I planned where we were going, because hey. I might have ruined my marriage very quickly. Right. Oh, I'm not sure you'd ruin it. Nah, I think I'd probably be all right. But still. Studio tour guests will be treated to an exclusive sneak peek at the highly anticipated film Suicide Squad as they explore authentic props and costumes from the film in advance of its premiere this summer. Uh, Guests are able to journey into Harley Quinn's actual Belle Reeve or Belle Rev Suicide Squad cast. I don't know. They just, they had a, if you haven't listened, they have a whole conversation about whether it's Reeve or Rev. Um, prison cell <laughs> lit dramatically and dressed with barbed wire, chain link fencing, iron bars, and yellow caution tape. Inside the cell, guests can snap the perfect Bell Rev Reeve prison selfie. <laughs> the exhibit also showcases Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice through an interactive experience, paying homage to the original superhero Superman and nocturnal crime fighter Batman. Guests will have the opportunity to get up close to kryptonite, Superman's sole weakness, inserting their hands into a pair of gloves inside a case holding the element. They will mirror Lex Luthor, playing in the fil- played in the film by Jesse Eisenberg, and his kryptonite case featured in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Additionally, guests can use a voice modulator to alter their pitch to imitate Batman's, just as Alfred did in the film. <laughs> 
See striking Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman costumes as well as the authentic costumes of Lois, Clark, Alfred, and Bruce Wayne, original Batcave set pieces, and much more. That's a thing. Yeah, that that sounds fun. <laughs> it does. I'll say though, I I have access to <clears throat> audio editing software. Mm-hmm. Of course, I've tried. Of course, I've tried that modulation. Of course, of course, I have. So have I. That was the first three episodes of this podcast, and we didn't we didn't air them. <laughs> At the time, we were just trying to make my arrows, I guess. But right, <clears throat> pitch down a couple of ticks. You have failed the city. Um, right. So uh, over to television news. They are uh, teasing the big bad for season five already. Well, shit. TV line is talking about. Um, they are they're looking to cast the show's next big bad, and uh, they're calling him James which is probably a cover name. Sure. Yeah, at this stage, yeah. But they're looking for an actor of any ethnicity that is in his late 20s to 30s that can come off as a physical threat to our hero. He is described as an irrepressibly charming contemporary to Oliver's character, as James is someone who is on a mission to avenge a violent and tragic loss of his own from many years ago. Uh, (laughs) James is also described as an unpredictable man who could pose as a great ally or stab you in the back big time and be a powerful opponent dear god that sounded like batman for most of that right <clears throat> i mean who else do we have who else can we deal with i i don't know but you know how they were saying that they really wanted to uh really start doing the thing where they tie in the flashbacks to the main story again yeah i think it'll be somebody from russia hmm. so yeah okay have they already done kg beast over at uh at arrow i can't remember i don't think they've done kg beast Maybe they, I don't know. Could be something that simple. Like, also, they kind of um, do that trick where they just like kind of throw a first name in there and you got to kind of assume that it's one of the big bads. Yeah, there's no the reason comics. to believe that we're we're getting a synopsis. Like, it, there's no reason you, you should be able to just use all the search terms and go through and find somebody right now. Right. They um, make a habit, actually, of just grabbing somebody's name and identity and plopping in a different story. So, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh, John Barrowman... <laughs> everyone's favorite Malcolm Merlin uh, was live streaming on Facebook and a, was live streaming at his pool and uh, accidentally live streamed his husband, Scott Gill's uh, penis. <laughs> yeah, that that is what can be called the, the slow march of inevitability. <laughs> I, believe, I told Jason about this earlier and he, he was quiet was for just... a beat and he said it was only a matter of time, really. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's it's Spearman. He shows body parts. We know that. Yeah, he didn't mean to it's... this time. <laughs> I actually believe he didn't mean to, but it's just, it's his destiny. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know what he else to say about that. bring us genitals. <laughs> Malcolm Merlin, bringing us genitals. The bringer of genitals. The bringer of genitals from since the early aughts. Right. Um, so, Legends of Tomorrow. Uh-huh. Uh, Phil Klemmer is talking about 
season two. He's saying it's going to be based, it's going to be partially rebooted for season two. He said, you know, the cast lineup, we've already talked about that, uh, will be mostly the same uh, from, of season one, um, but it'll have a completely different premise. He says the finale is the equivalent of a wrecking ball. It pretty much lays waste to all of the dramatic structure of season one. I, I, I'd like to submit that there hasn't been much dramatic structure of season one. But okay. I, I Even me being the person who defends that show, I, I kind of wanted to ask, okay, what, what structure are you talking about? <laughs> As we, he says, as we head into season two, all the building blocks of season one will be obliterated. Well, I guess that's good. Uh, effectively, not necessarily, but okay. It's effect- an argument for another podcast. Effectively, the season two premiere will be a new pilot with new stakes and characters. It will be from the ground up. He just said that the cast will be the, uh, the same. Um, it will be a re- redesign of the show with hopefully the parts people like best. Um, he says that in season two, that the team is no longer going to be hunted by time masters. They're no longer going to be burdened with having to save the world. It's no longer going to be about saving Miranda and Jonas. Are they going to have a point in the second season? Oh, probably. No, they're not going to be saving the world. What are they going to be doing? Mm-hmm. Playing with sticks in the cargo bay. Okay. Saving a lizard. <laughs> he says the interesting... I don't freaking know. The interesting... It, it, I mean... Fun thing about TV is you've got a whole season to, to prove your premise and then uh, actually execute it. So um, yeah, and, and the nice part about Legends is it's it's anomalous. You mm-hmm. you have so many working parts that you can you can write about damn near anything you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's uh, to pick a good one. He's saying the interesting thing about season two is I think it's going to have a much much different tone because our legends are going to have a totally different purpose. They're actually going to have a totally different constitution. There will be new faces and new everything. Uh, season two will also introduce a new villain. He does say it's going to be hard to top Vandal Savage. I disagree. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he did promise that they're going to find a way to do that. <laughs> okay. Um, he says the dynamics between all the characters are going to be different. He says we never want our characters to be too comfortable or familiar with one another. <laughs> yeah, right. Kendra, mm-hmm. Ray, Kendra, Ray. <laughs> As we find them working very well at the end of season one, I think we're obliged as storytellers to come up with a reason they are not working well in season two. I kind of feel like that's when they're at their best. Yeah. He says, see, after the numerous sacrifices the team has made since the beginning of this ride, Rip decides that it's time they each decide their own destiny and returns them to Central City a few months after they first left. Return to their normal lives. Each team member must individually decide if they're willing to sacrifice everything in order to save the world. Meanwhile, Sarah visits with her father, who delivers some heartbreaking news about her sister. Well, sure. Yeah. Damn well better. All right. I I do like the angle that they actually do get back and um, kind of have to choose this time rather than being told hey you got 12 hours see you there mm-hmm. um yeah that i want to see one episode where it's just the entire episode happens over the span of about three weeks where they're parked in like central city park waiting for kendra to stop flip-flopping as to whether or not she'll stay or go <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm gonna uh in a world where i had all the time i could i would over the summer, I would just cut you your own individual trailer for season two. That would just be every decision she's made back to back with like a giant Legends of Tomorrow splash screen at the end. Mm-hmm. It would amount to, um, I don't know, we'll call it a six stack of waffles with a giant splashy Legends of Tomorrow font at the end. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Lucifer News? Oh, God. Yeah, I that. I don't know there was such a thing. It's over now, but okay. There is, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, Leslie Ann Brandt 
uh, who plays Maze on the show is talking about the new season. She says uh, in her character, she says she doesn't know what love is. There is lust, there is loyalty, and she for sure loves Lucifer. But being in love and all the feelings that go along with it uh, is not something that's familiar to her. When she hesitates, there's a moment of, why can't I just do what I've always done? A few weeks ago, I would have killed you in an instant. What is happening? Uh, she pointed out that uh, the show did not want the audience believing that Maze has feelings for Amina Deal. She explained that Maze has always been on Lucifer's side, whatever happened, um, but that in the next season, the former would lead a life that was not so focused on Lucifer. She's going to try to challenge Lucifer, but uh, she also says she's going to be living a life alone, away from Lucifer. Um, and that she hopes to do, that they do explore the backstory of how they came together and what's, what makes them so tied together. Um, but they're going to be, she's going to be exploring more of her demon side on her own in season two. Yeah. That could be cool. It could be cool. I thought it was kind of interesting. I didn't yeah. um, expect anything interesting to come out of <laughs> anything for, you know, at this point. Yeah. I mean, if, if she gets her way though, we're going to get, we're, we're going to get a real backstory about the fall essentially and uh, mm-hmm. god that's that's a, that's a few episodes just the fall alone i'd really like to see that also as we've discussed before you know the stuff they did with maze was the most interesting stuff they did mm-hmm. yeah i think that's all i've got man yeah fair enough i got it's a decent pack of news at least movie wise huh some 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 decent sprinkling of tv in there but yeah decent pack of, of movie news at least yeah it's a pretty good uh Pretty good smattering of, of movie news. It's hot in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I've just suddenly noticed that I'm sweating. Why is it so hot in here? What's happened? That's what happens when you end with Lucifer. That's what happens when you end with Lucifer. Mm. Well, I want to throw a big thank you out to Christopher White. He sends us a lot of news and a fair amount, probably probably a good third of, of this episode he sent us the news for, like, oh, you know what we didn't talk about? You know what we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about the trailer for Killing Joke. The ki- trailer for Killing oh, Joke came out. dear God. Dear God. Yeah. Um, write it down. Yeah. <laughs> I sent it to you and didn't, didn't write it down. <laughs> it seems so big that you didn't think it was worth writing down. That's that's what I'm about Right. Look, anyone who's got about three and a half minutes of their life that they can spare um, and you want to get excited about something, go go hit that up. Just, just go ahead that up. It's fantastic, you know. As uh, I think it ends with uh, Hamill's version of the Joker saying, "One bad day." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and far, if the hairs on several parts of your body don't stand up, and in a, a mixture of excitement and fear, you may need to see a doctor. Yeah, and you know, I'll say this: it's, you know, I'm not just gonna circle jerk the DC animation. Um, department as I usually We've do. We've done here. that plenty. I know, I know. I just, uh, I think if there's going to be one real weak link here, it's the guy playing Gordon. And mm, uh, he's possible. he's uh, he's he's actually I'm watching him. He's pretty good in Agent Carter right now. I'm trying yeah. to catch up on Agent Carter, and uh, he's good on that show. Um, but the, he's just kind of playing it a little over the top. Uh, there are certain actors like they think when they do voice acting, they've got to do this voice like this or something like, I can't, I can't even do it, but it's not, it just doesn't sound real. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm uh, only, they're only like a line or two. There was only a line or two from Gordon in this, in this thing. So, uh, in the trailer. So maybe it's not bad, but, um, 
Dude, so far I, it's like I Conroy and Hamill are killing it. I'm sorry, man. I, I I think you're gonna be swimming in awesome and even if there's something that you don't like, you won't even notice. Oh, I'll notice. Just drowning. Drowning in awesome. I'll notice. But, you know, I might not care. At at least that. It's sort of, you know, sort of how like, you know, you watch the Superman Doomsday and then all of a sudden Anne Hache comes on with Lois Lane and you're like, Oh, that's just not good. Yeah. No, I I yeah. <laughs> But they absolutely, it, was just, it looks... It, it was looks, just weird. Yeah. But it does. It looks pretty good. Um, it, it looks like a, a fair representation. We talked about this before, how they they bounced it down from um, Boland to uh, to Kevin Knowles and artwork, which is kind of like a st- streamlined version of that artwork, yeah. and then bounced it down again to animation. Uh, right. We talked about that a few weeks ago. So, I mean, it, it, I think it looks good. It looks uh, iconic. I'm already seeing a lot of the iconic panels in there represented. Um, absolute yeah, obvious respect for what they were dealing with. Absolute dream to hear Conroy and Hamill saying those lines. Like God, hearing Conroy give that we needed to talk, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to kill each other. You know that, don't you? Like ah. Um, Just eating it up. I have read that book so many times, trying to imagine how they would present those lines and now i'm gonna to forget to find out about it i'm gonna like know already now how they say certain things and i'm just all about it and you know we knew from training we knew from canon uh how how they perform when they have these roles so we, we get it but mm-hmm. mm. so I mean, I, i'm really looking forward to, the the one the one little bit i'm looking forward to i, I think top 10 at least because mm-hmm. there's so many good lines in this thing um Memory is treacherous. I, I, I want to hear exactly what Hamill does with that. <laughs> is it memory is so treacherous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the preview, they had the line where he says, um, "Memories are what? What is the line? Memories are vile, repulsive brutes like children." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it looks like that's going to be coming out in July around the same time they they haven't said for sure but it looks like it's gonna be coming out the same around the same time as bvs so you know so busy month time time to mainline dc that's uh <laughs> yeah god anyway uh like Man, i said though so good. tremendous thank you to christopher white for all the all the news he throws our way uh tremendous yeah. thank you to scott madison for all the reviews he throws our ways for our, our uh review episodes that we do every week um happy birthday <laughs> randall smith just actually emailed us as we're recording apparently jerry conway is saying f you to Zack snyder <laughs> and it's it's kind of long <sighs> but uh yeah he's not okay with, with Zack snyder uh, uh yeah there are so many there's so many it's okay though i mean Apparently, there's a Zack Snyder quote that's come up from 2008 that's resurfaced that everyone's freaking out about. Uh, he says, you can call it highbrow comics, but to me, that comic book was just pretty sexy. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, which one? <laughs> he says, I had a buddy who tried getting me into normal comic books, but I was all like, no one is having sex or killing each other. There isn't really, d- it, this is, really isn't doing it for me. I was a little broken <laughs> that way. So when Watchmen came along, I was like, this is more my scene. And he says, everyone says that about Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins. Batman's dark. I'm like, okay, no, Batman's cool. He gets to go to a Tibetan monastery and be trained by ninjas. Okay? I want to do that. 
but he doesn't like get raped in prison. That could happen in my movie. If you want to talk about dark, that's how, how that would go. <laughs> Apparently oh people God. are flipping out about, it. yeah, thanks Zach. We're trying to defend you. You ass. Um, that was years ago. I know, but you don't say prison rape is the way to go for Batman. No, you just don't. That's just that's there's no version of that that's going to work out. So yeah, and let me point out, Jerry, this Jerry Conway is the co-creator of Punisher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he wrote. He's he wrote, obviously doing well right yeah, now. He yeah he created Punisher or co-created Punisher. He was the guy that killed Gwen Stacy. Oh, in Spider Man. Oh, he was. Yeah. He was that guy. Okay. Um, All right. JLA writer, creator of Firestorm. This is what he says. Fuck you, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder's baffling vision for superhero movies explained by Zack Snyder. <laughs> the real know. mystery is why Warners gave him their whole superhero franchise after Watchmen and Sucker Punch flopped. Ah, the sunk cost fallacy in action illustrating the escalation of commitment pr- principle. Which part is garbage? Snyder's obnoxious view of superheroes are calling him out for those views. Warner's continued support of Zack Snyder despite evidence he's a terrible choice for superhero movies explained. But they are Snyder quotes and clearly reflect his current thinking as evidenced by BBS. Seems relevant to me. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how much of that was his quote and this is a poorly written article. But I don't know how much of that was his quote and how much of that was like the actual person writing it. But Cherry Conway is not happy. Um, yeah. That there's sounds... a lot more. There's a lot more, but I'm not going to get into it. It's a lot. Yeah. And it's the same thing reiterated over and over again. Look, you know, Zack Snyder makes pretty movies. That's all I got to say. I don't know. I don't like David Goyer. And, I, you know, I haven't seen... I, I kind of liked Sucker Punch. And I, I definitely liked Watchmen. But, you know, I'm apparently a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, uh, like I liked seeing these guys, but I, I mean, I don't want the tone to rest here for the rest of the franchise. I don't. I, I, I just expect that there's a change, and I hope that there's a change coming. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, thank you to everyone who uh, contributes to the show and and talks to us, and and we are on Twitter and we're on Facebook, DC on Screen. Um, we're having more and more conversations with with listeners just like yourself and we love having them uh an old friend of mine from college just uh messaged me yesterday and said been listening to the show love you know your places your show is a hot spot for where i go to listen to news about the flash is a guilty pleasure of mine um (laughs) so uh it was a private message so i won't say his name but um that was you know pretty cool he he enjoys the show he says so uh, thank you to everyone uh you can find every episode of DC on screen at dconscreen.com. We're a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network, giantsizeteamup.com. Um, you you can uh, there's a, there's a lot of great shows over there, Blazing Defender Report, Breaking the Panel, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast with Matt Carroll and Jeff Randall. Um, I guess we'll be coming back with a whole bunch of new episodes uh, reviews this coming uh, this coming week, this Sunday, I guess. Yeah. You got so, Gotham Flash Arrow and Legends yeah. all airing well, you got a few weeks with them. Guys, can you say nom 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 nom? <laughs> <laughs> Just wind or it down. Or Dave talking about legends, it's no 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nom 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 can also be me tearing into it. Like, come here, Clemmer. Yeah. <laughs> come here, Clemmer, you little bastard. What are you doing to my characters? What are you doing, Nuggy 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 Nuggy? <laughs> you little rascal. You Weisenheimer. Right. Anyway. I think that's the second week we've said I've said Weisenheimer. Uh, Is it? Weird. Dear God, that has to be historically unprecedented. 
da da da. Yeah. Welcome to my house. Anyway, <laughs> open up the champagne pop. I'm gonna I'm gonna call this episode. Until next time, guys. <laughs> keep some DC on your screen. If we go to page 11 in the presentation, you'll see that... <laughs> you'll see we're on target to meet our quarterly... <clears throat> Some things never change. Like nobody can resist <laughs> popping plastic bubbles. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. As I was saying, we're on target to meet... Excuse me, um, Miss... Miss Hansen. Sorry, almost done. <laughs> 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th.